Okay, turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4 1, uh, the first time Jake, Matthew 4 2. That would be the first time uh, Matt get for me Matthew 4 3. Matthew 4 3, Vince, uh, Matthew 4 4. And uh, you want to read? Sorry? Will you ask I can read one if you want. Okay. Uh, we are. You're going to read Hebrews 4:15 and 16. <clears throat> Did I give Matthew 4:4 4, 4 to somebody? Yeah, I got it. You got it. Okay. Yep. That's what we need. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to do a uh, a short series. Probably just be four <laughs> lessons in this one, and that is that in uh, the book of Matthew, this is Jesus. He's just about to begin his ministry. And uh, before he begins his ministry, he endures the temptations. He's tempted of the devil. So this is more than just trying to have uh, you know, an enticement to evil. The issue is what God has for him in it and uh, what is the will of God. It is how he responds to these temptations that actually determines the future. So, I'm going to do a, a short series on the temptations of ministry. So, we're going to begin looking at the first one, that's the temptation of the flesh. Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he had fasted forty days and forty nights. Afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, for every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay, let's begin. Let's talk about the temptations of uh, ministry. There's a very simple rule of uh, life that we see in this scripture. And that uh, rule of life is this. Testing comes before usefulness. So, if you want to be useful in some way, you, you're going to be tested. We, we see the word tempt, and of course we think whatever your particular sin or habit you may be struggling with, you think that's the temptation. But actually the word is, is uh, to uh, test. So, Jesus is on earth with a purpose. He's doing the will of God. He's going to be uh, helping people, but He had to be tested first. Uh, Matthew 4.1 then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, tempted. The word actually is to examine, to scrutinize. It's actually a, a word that's used in, in mining. You take, uh, They dig out dirt or ore and they put heat on it. That's called assaying. You're going to find out what's in there. And so this is something that is the process Anyone who wants to be useful has to be tested. 
The idea is finding out what's in there, and that is, uh, it reveals uh, to God, of course He knows, it reveals to us, it reveals to our pastor, the ones working with us to help us be useful, and it uh, uh, reveals us to other people. So, testing comes before usefulness. You can't be useful if you're not tested. So, in this we see that uh, a couple things, and that is that uh, the aspects of temptation, is it is personal. Testing, temptation is personal. That means no one can do it for you. And that also means that it may well be personalized. Not, not everyone uh, is, uh, uh, has uh, weaknesses in the same area. Not everyone is drawn to the same things. So the, the devil's a strategist. So he personalizes uh, that. And that's uh, one aspect of, uh, of uh, testing or temptation. But then the second thing that we see in the Scripture here is that it involves pressure. Matthew 4.2 For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Okay. I would say if you haven't eaten in 40 days, there's going to be some pressure in you. i got to eat. i got to eat. i got to eat. That's when it wasn't after, immediately after eating Thanksgiving lunch, and the devil came with cheesecake. It's like, no, no, thank you, I'm fine. <laughs> right, so, um, the, the application for, uh, for us is that life itself, the devil, and even God arranges or allows situations in which you will feel pressured. <laughs> the things that pull on you the things that uh, uh, the, the devil puts before you to get you off track usually involve pressure situations because that is the, the uh, moment of, of uh, uh, greatest vulnerability. So, here's the point. It's all about the future. Whatever strategy the devil uses to tempt you, it's not about today. It's not simply the devil wants to uh, bum you out or uh, you know uh, get you out of the ministry you're in or anything. It's, it's not about today. It is about the future. The enemy pressures you in the present but he actually uh, uh, he tries to get you to act in the present but really what he wants is the future. What he wants is what you are to become. What he wants is uh, uh, your calling in God, your equipping in God, and uh, he, it's other people's lives that hang in the balance. So, this will be personalized. It will work out. In this case, we're going to look at the bread in just a moment, but... Uh, uh, in every single person's life, the enemy is working and the strategy is the future to derail. So, the enemy wants to derail you. God says you have to go through testing. Testing comes before usefulness. Let's talk secondly about the temptations. 
of the flesh. So, we have an ancient conflict, and we're going to look uh, today just at the first temptation. Here's the ancient conflict. The needs of man versus the needs of God. And this is uh, uh, universal. So, we call this first temptation the temptation of the flesh because it is based on need. And in this case, it's a legitimate need. If you haven't eaten in 40 days, you need food. Right? This wasn't... Uh, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a temptation for you know for gambling or for drugs. This is a need, and you you have to uh, learn this. So there will be temptations that come in the form of I need this. It's not just I want this or I crave this. What the devil uses are things that in your life and in your logic you think, I need that. That's, that's, that is uh, something that, that he does. So, the essence of the bread, it's not wrong to eat, but the temptation is to put your needs first. To put your needs above the will of God. So what the devil is tempting Jesus with is, yeah, I know you have, there's a, God has a plan for your life and other people are going to be counting on you, but feed yourself. <coughs> That's the issue. Feed yourself. So that could work out in, of course, hundreds of different ways, but uh, the devil, feed yourself, is trying, the devil trying to get you to focus on you. Your need, your feelings. A lot of this has to do with emotions. You're going to learn that in life there's there are going to be emotion. You're going to feel things. You're going to be upset. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to you're going to have, you're going to feel lonely. There's all kinds of things that are going to be happening in life. It is those. Uh, 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 feelings that actually set you up for trouble. So emotion is is normal, and in some way you do have emotional needs. So this is the, this is the problem. The devil uses that you're hurt. Of course you should do that. You're lonely. Of course you should do that. You're upset. Conflict. That's that's one of the areas we just finished a series on conflict. But if you're going to uh, uh, if you're going to be used by God, this is one of the things that the that the enemy is going to use. Joseph, uh, he had his brothers that that uh, betrayed him, spoke bad about him, sold, sell him into slavery because he had a purpose in life, and the enemy is trying to destroy that. So what happens is there are people. My feelings are the highest. My Feelings are the most important. People that, I can't be in ministry. Why? Because I, I'm upset with that guy. Okay, but you're doing this for, for God, right? We're ministering for other people to get people saved, right? Yeah, but I'm upset. He really bugs me. Okay, that's the temptation of the flesh. Feed yourself. My feelings are more uh, important and, and that's the issue. So, Finances. It's interesting, in America, what do we call money? Bread. 
That's uh, probably dated, but nonetheless, we, this is what we talk about. So, uh, so here's a, here's a temptation. You're going to learn this. Every disciple has to face this. There will be temptations of money. Feed yourself. You need money, right? I mean, you've got to have money to pay bills. You've got to have money. It's Christmas for crying out loud. You gotta, Christmas is money for, for a lot of people. So, because you want increase, because you want to pay your bills, because you want to buy more stuff, or because of security, uh, the temptation is feed yourself, put your desire for money above the will of God. Through the years, I've guys, Pastor, uh, I really feel God has a plan for my life and a calling for my life. And say, like, oh, great. A few weeks later, uh, Pastor, I've been offered a job in, the, in Outer Ubangi. It's like, okay. Yeah, I can't come to church for like nine months at a time. Wait, wait, I'm confused. Weren't you the guy that just said God has a plan for my life? Yeah. But this, I can make a lot of money. So... <laughs> Okay, so in other words, the temptation is feed yourself. Don't worry about the will of God. Feed yourself. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, but it may well be that it was the devil that cast it there to try to uh, hook you. Or, or I got a job. Of course, I got to work 19 hours a day, seven days a week. So I can't come to church. I can't be involved in ministry. I can't feed yourself. That's the uh, not every opportunity is uh, is uh, from God. Spending, I need this. That's often the the uh, people who get themselves into debt. And this is one of the problems. I, I get guys that they pastor. They come up with notebooks. Okay, pastor, can you give me uh, if I feel called? Can you give me a word of wisdom to uh, reach my destiny? And and often I say to them, uh, you can't buy everything in life. It's not very deep. They've got to buy everything. They've got to have everything. And then they want to go out in the ministry and uh, it's going to be financial struggle or they've set themselves up with debt because they've been feeding themselves, feeding themselves, feeding themselves at the expense of the will of God. <clears throat> this, this temptation also has to do with our worth or our validity. Matthew 4, 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. Okay. If you are the Son of God. This is, this is one of the, uh, the enemy's strategies is to attack our identity. If you are the Son of God. Now, this has to do with value, with worth. Are you really worth very much? So... Of course, when we say the, the temptations uh, uh, of, the, of the flesh, this is the problem with sexual temptation. Sexual temptation flows out of this is uh, uh, men who haven't settled their insecurity issues. They feel less than, they feel less than a man, of course, then they become more vulnerable to sexual temptation or... Uh, or they're flattered by attention. Proverbs speaks about this. It says that that uh, I saw a man, and it doesn't describe that. Oh man, this this chick was built. What what else could he do? The Bible says with with flattery. She say, oh, I don't know what we would do on the job without you. you. Start coming by every day to hear that. 
just to hear that again. Well, that's that's the enemy. Your flesh, because it, it, it flows out of validity and, and worth. So, ministry, calling, is the voluntary shift of focus from us to others. Feed yourself. It's all about you. you your feeling, your need, your worth. Effectiveness, usefulness, ministry, calling is, I'm not focusing on me, I'm focusing on God's will and others. And if you can uh, keep that uh, in mind, that is how you become useful. He refused to eat the bread, he refused to make the stones bread, it's not by bread alone but every word of that flows from the mouth of God. So, he's saying what God says is the most important thing in my life. That's where you become useful. When we make decisions, all those things we talked before, no, I can't work a job that means I miss church and can't be involved in ministry because that would affect other people. That would affect my call. No, I can't. No, I'm not going to buy everything in the world and get in debt and commit myself, overcommit myself, because that would affect my future. No, I can't do that. Everything, of course. I'm, I'm going to say no to hoochie mama or porn or whatever the manifestation of the, of the flesh is. So, let's look finally at surviving the flesh. So, in this scripture, it actually shows us some keys to surviving the temptation of the flesh. This would be true of any temptation. So, Number one, as we see, Jesus was able to because he was saying no to the flesh. So, our scripture says that he had been fasting. So, not eating, I really feel like that's what I want to do. Fasting is voluntarily not eating food. So, that made him very hungry, but on the other hand, in a moment of temptation that actually helped him. So here's the mistake that guys make. They live selfish and lazy, but then they're praying, oh God, and when Hoochie Mama comes, help me to say no. Right? They think it's this one event. When I run into somebody and they offer me drugs, oh God, can I? It's not one big event and in that moment all of a sudden a light shines from heaven no it's not it's decisions of saying no to your flesh the Bible speaks and says exercise yourself unto godliness so every time in life you say no to your flesh you actually are strengthening your ability to say no to temptation. And that's true in anything. When you discipline your flesh and say, I've got to get out of bed and go pray. You've just said no to your... No, flesh, we're going to prayer. Tackling difficult tasks in life. This doesn't have to be spiritual. There are guys that they, they live essentially lazy lives, selfish lives. They won't deal with anything. They won't work because that's boring. That's hard. It's going to take me time. 
But then they're praying, oh God, and help me in temptation. No, one flows out of the other. So saying no to the flesh. When you discipline your laziness in lots of different ways, when you do things in life that you don't enjoy, and I'm not talking about being some weird monk, ascetic. Um, there's a lot of things in life that, that we need to do, but it's just not enjoyable, so we don't. That's actually foolish. And then, of course, fasting. You know what it is? is, uh, this is there's something profound about fasting. Part of fasting we often look at is, is uh, we fast because we have a great need. Right? I mean, I've got a big problem in my life. I'm going to fast because I really need a miracle. Fasting shouldn't be just uh, when everybody else fasts. You know, we, we fast in January and June, typically, twice a year as a church. But there are times when you need to go. You need to fast just for you. It's not about landing a big job or getting some big problem fixed. Sometimes it's just simply... And of course you can do both of this. You can. It's okay to pray for needs while you're fasting. But the issue, the, the point is, you're actually helping yourself when you say no to the flesh. Second thing... Incredibly simple, arm yourself with the Word of God. Verse 4, Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay. The problem is the devil lies to us because of the past, because of our weakness and failures. You're weak. You can't. Obviously, look at these other people around here who who are not addicted, who don't fall into these patterns of destructive behavior. Clearly they're made of different stuff. No. In this is a key if you will arm yourself with the Word of God. It is written. Think about this. I don't know that any of us have been tempted by the devil himself. Right? I, I don't know about that. I don't know if, if, if any of us are so important that the devil came down and said, I am personally going to handle Greg Mitchell. Right? I don't know about that. The devil himself came down and Jesus says it is written. So, he knew the Word of God. He said the Word of God. And in that, the devil lost. So, this means there is something profound about reading the Word of God and responding to temptation with the Word. This is incredibly simple. You want to you live for God, you want to survive. Put God's Word, the psalm says, put it in your heart. Responding when you feel tempted, when there destructive thinking patterns come in that you know when you start thinking like that, you, you normally are about to do something stupid. When you will respond with Scripture, with the Word of God, whether you're quoting a whole scripture or a portion of scripture, whether you're saying that out loud or in your head, responding here. So Jesus saying no to the flesh, responding with the word, and the devil himself lost, was no match for the word of God. So, I don't know how weak you are, but I know you could read your Bible. I mean, you're, you're not so weak you can't read, Right? If you do, we'll get you an audio book. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you could read God's word. You could memorize. You could. You know, it doesn't have to be a, 
a whole book of the Bible. Simple, simple scripture of responding with the Word of God. You could do that. So, finally is that there is supernatural help available in temptation. So, this is more than willpower. Okay? My, my purpose is not simply to say it after me. Must be strong. Must be strong. You know, that we're gonna, somehow I'm going to develop your willpower to the point where nothing bothers you. The, the hope here is God will do more than you can do. And that is the hope of Christianity. If all I'm telling you is, <clears throat> guys, be strong, that's not much help because <clears throat> you've tried that before. What you need is supernatural help. You've got to cooperate so that God can help you, but there's help in temptation. Hebrews four fifteen and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us, <coughs> but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Okay, so this, this scripture is talking about the fact that Jesus was tempted. Actually, he's looking at this scripture. He was tempted. He said no. He survived. So, the application then is, it's not just Jesus saying, I did it now. Come on, just say no. Just say no. Is He says, you could come to the throne of grace. This is a picture of a king who has all of the power, all of the armies, all of the money. You could come and you say, king, I got a problem here. And he could release power on your behalf. So, he says, he knows our weaknesses. He empathizes, it said in, in Blake's translation that he's reading from there. That, that means he feels. In other words, Jesus doesn't go, what? What? What kind of worm is, is tempted? What kind of lousy person feels drawn to do things that aren't good? No, he says he, he cares about you and, very simple, so go to the throne of grace and say, I need help. That's, that's a very simple prayer. I need help. Sometimes I get people that they go, Pastor, I've got to talk to you. Man, I, sometimes I feel like I can't make it. And there's this in my head. And, and they tell me all the problem. And I said, if you would tell God that, that would be a prayer. Right? Isn't that what prayer is? Prayer is not our omnipotent, gracious one. It, prayer sometimes is God. Uh, my brains feel like scrambled eggs. I'm feeling weak. And I'm really struggling to make it. I need some help here. And, and the Bible says God would do that. He can do more. If you will say no to your flesh, if you will understand that you have a future in God so it's bigger than you, if you'll put some the Word of God in your heart, God says you can survive. He'll give help so that there can come a time, the Scripture says right after this, he begins to minister. He begins to be able to be a blessing to other people. That's what God has for your life. Okay. Good questions? Something you want to ask? Yeah? Uh, yeah, okay. Questions? you got something you want to ask? Yep. Um, so you were just talking about, you know, callings and whether it's financially or whatever. Um, just some good advice on 
listening and finding what God is telling you versus getting confused with fleshly things that you think may God or, or I mean, guess misconstruing one thing from what's God wanting versus earthly things, whether that's in your career. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 kind of part of the problem, uh, Blake, is that guys come, they have uh, in a current crisis, they're trying to decide lifetime direction. Right? So a simple rule of thumb is when your life is in crisis, that's not a good time to decide your whole life, right? right. So what I what I what I say to people is, uh, you know, to him who does the will of God, he shall know of the doctrine. So what that means is is number one, <clears throat> when my life is in crisis, I'm trying to sort out a great problem. That's a bad time to decide what should I do with the rest of my life, because right now. For several things. Number one is, is probably in crisis, I'm not thinking straight. That, that's number one. Number two is that uh, I'm probably not in a position you know, uh, to uh, be of, of great help to other people. This is commonly what happens is people, uh, they get saved and they say, you know what, I'm from Alaska. Uh, you know, so now God's touched me. I'm so excited. I think I should go back to Alaska and, and tell people. And I often say, you know, you're not in a position right now. What you need to do is you get strong. You get strong, then that, then you'll be in a position. So, the, the Bible says, it is in God's best interest to help you find the will of God. Right? So it's not just you. It's not just me. I've got to work out what's the future. Is God has things, so He wants to help you. So, if I will simply work on my relationship with God, He is going to guide me. So I don't have to sort everything out. I need to do right in a number of areas right now. And the Bible says, to him who does my will, he'll know of the doctrine. So that means then you're going to, it's going to become clear as you just concentrate on God and concentrate on ourselves in in uh, areas that uh, that are uh, that are in need of repair, okay. So God will help you. That's, that's that is the bottom line. Daniel. Um, over the years, we've had a few few converts that uh, when they get saved, they're doing well. That they come under pressure from the family, uh-huh. religion and stuff. You know, Catholic background or whatever. What are some tactful ways to encourage them to keep serving God, but without yeah yeah so you have to you know you have to you have to exercise wisdom so uh um you know it all depends daniel that depends on i can't give you a one size fits all but you reminding people of what god has done that's that's often because under pressure we forget Right, guys have been powerfully touched. They feel uh, clean. They feel uh, excited uh, uh, about the change in their life. And now, all of a sudden, when the family starts pressuring them, they they forget all that. So number one is, but God really touched you, didn't He? Yeah, I mean, He really touched you. Something you felt something. Things have changed since there. So it doesn't make sense to let somebody take that away, right? So, there's a way to say things without, you know, tell grandma she's from hell. 
right? That, that's there are things that are not wise in the way that you say it. So, getting them to focus on uh, to focus on what God has done and and to focus on God instead of just simply uh, the pressure that they feel. So, but that's the bottom line: is it's a miracle. Is if you think that it's just information, you gotta you need to then information is not enough. Getting people to make right decisions takes a blinking miracle, right? <laughs> it's a difficult business. <laughs> uh, Mark, how do you balance the the selfishness of others that your your wife example for an example? You know, theoretically, you're talking about if I knew a, okay, if, I, yeah. if I knew a wife that was selfish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How do you balance? This that? is being recorded, right? Okay. And if you need money for Christmas, uh, there is a blackmailable guy there. <laughs> How do you balance what? The, the the you know you can you can put yourself in check. But how do you how do you yeah the, balance that ministry? Yeah. So I think balance comes. Mark number one is is any time if if men are not uh, meeting their wife's uh, emotional needs and making them feel secure, they will always reach for other things for security. So a mistake disciples often make is I feel the will of God, so they come home and just they start making pronouncements. We're not gonna, and you will, you know, we will. They, they and so. What actually happens is some of the and, and some of the things that we're saying may may be very good, may be valid, but mixed in there is uh, you know our wives know what we're like. So what you're saying then is you're going to neglect me. What you're saying then is I'm not important or my needs aren't important. So the the strategy in in life is inspiration, right? So you've been you've been here now a while, Mark. You know that my strategy is not simply going up to people and telling them what's wrong with them, right? You gotta and you let come here. Let me give you 29 things wrong with you today. My strategy is to inspire about God's purpose for your life, and out of that, you need to make some hard decisions. So that's in in discipleship. And uh, and with our wives, you have to make sure that she doesn't get the message from you that purpose is competition with her. That's number one. That number two, you're in this together. What really hurts guys is when they come across to their wife like, woman, I have a destiny. I suppose you can come. Or I have a purpose and you are really holding me back. That's those are terrible messages. So you got to make sure that you're not doing that. That you're meeting the needs. That you this is visionary. Why don't we need to buy a 60 foot cabin cruiser? Because we you know we have a purpose. God wants us to do things uh, together. So uh, those are just a few a few strategies. Yeah. So using inspiration rather than trying to straighten people out. One area where I've been challenged with that is uh, there's times when I'll have a friend or somebody I'm very close to who they have an outward problem, but it's very obvious to me that there's a deep-rooted issue. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, emotional needs. 
and it's, 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 it's deeper than just like, oh, I'm having conflict with this. It's like, there's something deep inside of them that, needs, that they need to get a revelation about. Does yeah. that just come down to prayer, or is there a way that you can open someone's eyes to the fact that, that you know, this is, this is more than just the surface level issue? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, Eli, that would be, that would depend. I didn't understand. You said a word. I, I missed it. You said they have an hour problem? Is that what Outward. Outward. Okay, sorry. There you go. Uh, outward problem, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, uh, again, people are complex, but I, I think sometimes the issue is uh, if, you, if you know someone, it's like, that keeps happening, right? In the same way. So maybe you should seek uh, more help than just try to fix this problem. If it's a, it's a repeated pattern, right? Like conflict. Everybody you, you... Have you noticed that pattern? You get in a relationship, you get in a band, you get involved in ministry, you, you know, you get a job, and you get in conflict. You know, what's the common denominator in all that? It's you. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> so... So maybe it is that you need to, maybe there are some things you could get some help on and kind of push them toward the pastor. Do I think you'll be able to sort it out? No. But but you can maybe in love get them to seek help. Because, you know, I mean, you don't have to live tormented the rest of your life. Yes. That's the key. That's what you got to you got to tell people. You don't want to be 90 and still dealing with the same stuff, right? That would be, <laughs> be a bummer. Somebody else? Um, could it be said that uh, the the temptation was for specifically for Jesus in this instance was especially strong, considering he was the guy who invented the taste buds that make food enjoyable? Uh, I suppose. Is this the question, or are you just wanting to make a statement? I guess I'm making a statement. I, I, was, okay. I, was, I was reading the Old Testament and. God had all these things where you eat food. A um, sure, but this is about question, not statement. Okay, sorry. So that was that was Vince's deep thought for the day. <laughs> Any, anybody else? You got a question? Something you want to know? Okay, so you could start putting some of these in practice this very day.